Welcome to Miranda Warnings Roundtable, discussing legal issues and current events. I'm joined on the roundtable by Liz Benjamin and Professor Vin Bonventry. Liz is the Managing Director at Marathon Strategies, a public relations and communications firm, and former host of Capital Tonight, a political and policy show focusing on New York State politics. And Professor Vin Bonventry, Distinguished Professor of Law at Albany Law School and publisher of the New York Court Watcher, devoted to commenting on the U.S. Supreme Court and the New York State Court of Appeals. We're back talking about the Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, we've had a little bit of uh, a layover on Miranda Warnings Roundtable. We're happy to be back to have Liz Benjamin and Vin Bonventry to talk about the United States Supreme Court. Vin Bonventry has just written an article that's going to be published in the New York State Bar Journal about the Supreme Court. And I want to talk this week about what's coming up. But before we do that, your article talks about what we've had right. in the Supreme Court and what that means. And I think we can use that as a foundation to start the discussion about what we can expect going forward. So. Vin, why don't you tell me you've written a wonderful article that I think everyone should read about the Supreme Court over the last year. And uh, see if you can condense that to like an eight-second soundbite. Eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, three He lays terms. it on thick, and then he's like, oh, and by the way, eight yeah. seconds ago. Oh, sorry, I just so, took two of them. Now yeah. it's six. A great article. We'll give you eight seconds. Okay. So, I mean, what we're talking about is uh, Trump's appointment of Amy Coney Barrett to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And so Amy Coney Barrett uh, sat on the court in the October 2020 term. So there's been three terms with her on the court. And uh, the difference between the two and the difference at the court uh, since the time Amy Coney Barrett replaced Ginsburg has been absolutely profound. I mean, you know, we know the big cases, you know, the Dobbs case, no more uh, right to choose. Uh, the students for fair admission, no more affirmative action. 303 creative, you know, religious objections defeat a civil rights law. I think that's the first time that ever happened. Kennedy versus uh, that school district, you know, the coach that, you know, goes on the middle of the field with with the football players and the court said that's perfectly fine. You know, then we have the New York Rifle and Pistol Association, you know, the New York gun regulations strike that down. The Environmental Protection Agency, look what the court's doing to the Environmental Protection Agency, stripping that court bare, to the bare minimum of the power it could possibly have. Biden versus Nebraska, the student loan decision. Now, what Biden wanted to do, that's out. One that not too many people are talking about, the Vega v. Teco case, where the court said, oh, by the way, you know, a 1983 cause of action when somebody's constitutional rights have been violated, oh, you can't complain about your Miranda rights being violated. You I, can't complain I appreciate the shout out. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, my, so well, they what, did. What, they did. What name. is this, Vin? This is a table of contents or what? What? No, what, I mean, look, what's the I bottom mean, line? Where these are, we? are profound? Where are we? These are profound changes. So when you hear commentators 
Some will say, this is the worst court we've ever had, or others, this is the best court we've ever had, or the latest one I read in the New York Times, oh, this isn't the six to three court, it's a nine to zero court. Yeah, it's nine to zero on cases nobody cares about, but Mm. on the ones people care about, the ideologically charged, the controversial cases, the crucial cases, the ones that tell us what we are as a country, the court's been divided by and large six to three. Every once in a while, and you know this well, uh, the liberals, the three liberals on the court will get uh, Chief Justice John Roberts and they'll get Brett Kavanaugh. And we have had a few important cases where those two did join the liberals. But by and large, on the big questions, it's six yeah. to three. Yeah. So, all right. So let's talk about that, Van. And let's... I'm sorry I went over eight seconds. You way over eight seconds. And quite honestly, uh, I'm not sure where really where you ended up with that. That was just like a table of contents of all okay, the we're not, Well, cases. I'm not talking but about whether this look, is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying these are the facts. We've got... I agree, right? I mean, conservative, liberal, it's yeah. a six-three court, but there's a lot of cases that are coming up that are not always conservative liberals. Those right. are the ones that get the attention. I want to talk about the important cases that are coming up that are not getting the attention that are going to change how people's lives are mm-hmm. are impacted. Um, I want to I want to ask Liz something, you know. You, uh, Vince, he's had enough of me. Liz. I have had, so, yeah, not, you know, yeah. it's funny. I missed you. I missed you. And now I wonder why. Um, so Liz, you wanted to talk about ethics. Well, I got to say, it's interesting to me um, that Vin, it, these decisions, whether they're getting a lot of attention or they're not getting attention, I feel like the public, to the degree that they pay attention to the court, yes has lost considerable uh, confidence in the court. In part, if you're you're paying attention to the situation that you've got at at least one, if not more, um, you know, particularly Justice Thomas, failing to disclose trips that he's received and spending on behalf, uh, on his behalf by a Republican mega donor, and then Justice Alito, it turned out, is flying around on a private jet to luxury fishing trips, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, and when and and politicians, elected officials certainly, you know, have are supposed to be disclosing. And we know from George Santos that, you know, perhaps that's <clears throat> not occurring in the in the way that it's but they are standards. There are none or there were none for the Supreme Court. And uh, Amy Coney Barrett basically says, yeah, I, I think we should have a code of ethics. I think everybody should have a code of ethics. All of us justices should have um, uh, a code of ethics. And here's what she said. So we can communicate to the public exactly what it is that we are doing in a clearer way than perhaps we have been able to so far. Why is that important? Because decisions are made of a significant import, even of the d- cases that, you know, are supposedly low bar, in your opinion, you know, David, as you, and not say gay marriage or what have you. I mean, these, they, people's lives are impacted and they're impacted by individuals who, you know, act largely in secret, serve for life and have no rules, apparently. If you, if why you, am I the example of the low bar? Because you were why, like, oh, there are why? these cases flying under the radar screen, but they're interesting. They are, be- 
But I do, I do want to, and the reporting has been fantastic. I have to say, my my former brethren, ink stained brethren, have been really doing very good work. And of course, then there are people who don't like certain justices and are probably ratting them out or what have you. Yeah. But I, I do want to just note, and I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole because I'm sure we'll speak about it related to the state level. But this is where this whole separation of powers thing gets dicey because you say, David, well, the the court should really inflict some standards on itself. And I'm a member of the public. And I'm like, I don't trust those chickens and the fox and the hen house situation. Like why, why Supreme Court? Why? Because these are the people who have been, um, you know, hiding the, the benefits they've been receiving and they're there for life. There's no check and balance. They're going to put their own check and balance on themselves. And then I'm going to trust that they are. Who are you going to trust, standard? Liz? You're going to trust the Congress? Do we want the Congress who can't even decide who their speaker is going to be? No, they to did. They did over, decide to oversee that. Them? It's, a, it's, a, it's a guy from um, the back bench in Louisiana. They did decide that. Just Is that me. who we want overseeing the Supreme Court? I don't know the answer. I don't well, actually really have the answer. We're here. I don't Miranda think. warnings. We need <laughs> answers. Well, if the, we if the Supreme <laughs> Court. Maybe Vin has one. <laughs> no, I think if the Supreme Court had ethical standards, there would be justices on the court Something. to be insisting that they be abided yeah. by. I mean, that's what happens on most courts, for crying out loud. You know, it's not as though you have some law enforcement agency that's going over to the Court of Appeals and saying, oh, by the way, you must recuse yourself. Oh, by the way, you can't take that flight with your billionaire friend. They don't have that. But, you know, most of these justices, they care about the reputation of the court. And I think there's enough of them that care enough that will say, look, we're bound by these standards. Let's take them seriously for crying out. You know who cares about the Supreme Court is the Chief Justice, is John Roberts cares about the Supreme Court. And why isn't he setting forth standards about how the Supreme Court should conduct themselves? Why isn't he? Control of that court. Uh, well, okay, uh, I don't okay. think the last year, okay. the last year, he seems to have gained an awful lot of control back um, at that court. But I will I tell just, you one thing. He's he's pretty serious about the court's reputation. And he's made it clear. He's lost. We Liz. want ethics. He lost Liz. Brett Kavanaugh. He lost me. I'm sorry. He lost Liz. Uh, well, I don't. Brett, here's. I don't know. I just want to say I don't. Know. I don't think. I don't think Liz trusts anybody. She no, does. I do. I, my dog, I do. Okay. But so, like, so to be clear, but not alone in the house when it comes to. <laughs> I know. Look you know. I, I guess the point is, when you get so far, I agree with you. I believe in the independence of the courts, and I believe that there should be a separation. But the problem is that when you've gone so far down the well and demonstrated that you have zero ethics and then you're like and yeah. now instituting ethics why would anybody believe you it's going to take a whole generation of replacement on the court for new people who then subsequently agree to hold themselves yeah so thomas has this well working man's three hundred thousand dollar rv right and uh, he got a loan to pay for it and then he never had to pay the loan back i, I just uh this whole thing is so distasteful i I just think it under the real issue is that it undermines the credibility of the court. And then when you have um, uh, contested or controversial, I mean, I don't want to go over an old saw like Dobbs, but let's go over an old saw. Let's, like Dobbs. let's, let's when you we have can talk about Dobbs. Let's talk about it. And social. Well, what's interesting about Dobbs is that it's touched off a whole series of additional subsequent lawsuits based on 
legislative decisions right. that and and language changes that are hiding, you know, what they really are, which is effectively abortion bans. That's what they are. Bans on abortion. That's that's where I think the rubber is really going to hit the road with the court, because you know where the three liberals are going to go. They're going to say, no, you can't restrict. Right. The mailing, the distributing of this uh, abortion pill. On the on the other hand, I think that Roberts will probably join the liberals on this one saying, look, you know, we might have gotten rid of Roe versus Wade, but that doesn't mean we've gotten rid of all choice that women have had. Or all of our laws. Yeah. I mean, this is a medication that has been in place for over 20 years. And what they're yes. saying is that this is somehow we're going to go back retroactively 20 years later and say, no, you can't. It, that was wrong. Well, and mifepristone is not, I mean, just since, you know, we're talking technicalities here, is not a late term abortion drug, right? right. You can, it's only effective in a, in a very early um, stage. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, I do understand, again, you know, you have conservatives who are an, and uh, anti-abortion advocates who are really interested in, in having zero access. Right. That's right. what this is about. It's not let's restrict access because, you know, this and that. But that is really um, uh, outside the realm of public opinion. When you look at the polling, you see that the vast majority and you look at at, at votes that have been taken since Dobbs right. when against candidates and even uh, ballot initiatives that sought to significantly roll back abortion rights, um, they largely failed. Yeah, so, but, but but, you know, Liz, let's talk about Let's talk about that, what you've just said in particular. Uh, the Supreme Court is above public opinion polls. What, what we're talking about with this particular case is not a, not an opinion poll. We're talking about FDA approval of, yeah. of a drug that's been in place for over 20 years. You're going to have justices saying, look, this is a huge decision you know, that the FDA has made, especially in light of our Dobbs decision. And we think that the people's representatives ought to be deciding whether right. or not this pill should be distributed. I could see two or three justices saying that. I don't think they're going to get the majority. Because like I said, I th I think I think that the chief judge and I think uh, Brett Kavanaugh, at least those two, will join the liberals. Never say, no, in my FDA. simple mind would I have conceived that Roe v. Wade after 50 years would be overturned. And it was. And now the the conservatives are thinking, well, if we can get that, then we can get anything. But I think Roe v. No matter Wade how ridiculous, and this is ridiculous from a legal perspective, is ridiculous. Roe v. Wade has been on the rocks for since the beginning. Mm. Um, there's been there's been a, a party one of the parties has been against it from the beginning and even uh liberals think that decision just went way 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 too far they didn't need to do that they had well, some i mean that, that you have such a divided congress i mean it's interesting to set you the really what you're saying in truth is you know there was a statutory fix was really where the decision should have gone. That's right. right. So yeah. It should have been go back and make it clear from a statutory perspective what it is that we're talking about when we're talking about people's bodily autonomy and people's right to make decisions within the context of their 
own health and with, with their medical providers' advice and counsel, right? But that's not what happened here. And so when you have all of these dichotomies of the conservatives and the, and the, and the uh, traditionalists and the doctrinaires saying, well, we have to stick to the constitution and then, you know, where it suits them going outside the box on that. So I'm hearing this is a bridge too far. It's too far. They've I think done too much. I think you've got five votes on the court to say, look, we don't have Roe versus Wade anymore. But that doesn't mean you get to tell women that they can't have any autonomy with regard to their own body. You know, you're going to go too far. It's going to be arbitrary. We're going to say I it's do a think violation. It's going to come down process. to Kavanaugh, who was, you know, circumspect in his in his comments related to the Dobbs decision. Right? Yeah. He was like, he even That's said. Right. There's a bridge too far here. Like this yeah. isn't it, but there will be one, yeah. right? There will be yeah. a bridge too far. I don't know that he was specifically relating to abortion rights as he was potentially relating to uh, speaking of other things, which people feared that Dobbs opened up like um, interracial right. or same-sex marriage, et cetera. But I think that he was leaving himself room in that decision to basically you know go back and say when i said that there's there was bridges that were too far this is a bridge this is one of them yeah we'll see I again we'll I see agree. so so the answer is it all comes down to kavanaugh yeah i think so too which is frightening actually and so now we've got a case coming up us v rami oh, uh oh. right rami yeah rami is that right the united states v uh Rahimi, Rahimi. Rahimi. It has to do with someone who's accused, at least, of domestic violence, domestic violence. And the question is whether or not having been accused or even convicted of domestic violence is enough to strip somebody of their of what the court's saying are the Second Amendment rights. But when you're looking at the Second Amendment, right. according to the decision, that was written last year, you got to look at what the laws that were in place That's at the right. time. So the question is, are gun rights, can gun rights be restricted based upon someone who's been engaged in domestic violence? Right. And it seems clearly that the answer today yeah. would be Yes, we should restrict guns right. to people that are engaged in domestic violence. However, the question before the Supreme Court is if, if you want to follow the law as you've stated it, what's, what, what restrictions can there be on people who are engaged in domestic violence that 200 years ago, those laws weren't on the right, books? But I don't think everybody on the court, well, I'm sure everybody on the court doesn't buy that. I mean, that's a Thomas thing, a Gorsuch thing. You know, you have to look back in history and see, you know, were there any kind of restrictions back then? I don't even think there's a majority on the court for that. I think a majority on the court is going to say, if this is in fact a fundamental right that is to bear arms, we apply and we should be applying to that fundamental right the same test we apply to every other right. Is there a really, really, really strong reason for the government to be abridging that right, curbing that right. And is this the way the government has to do it, right? The compelling interest, strict scrutiny test. This nonsense about you go back, you know, to 1792. Well, you, say it's, you say it's nonsense and I don't disagree with you, but the Supreme Court apparently 
does just a, in their well, written decisions. In their Two or three of them have said that. Majority decisions. Yeah, These aren't, this is not a fringe it opinion is a, it anymore. It is a fringe. It's it a is. majority opinion then. First of all, if we, if we actually analyzed all the cases based upon this nonsense, what does history and tradition show us? We wouldn't have any of our landmarks. It is so absurd. It really is absurd. Women wouldn't be protected by equal protection. We'd still have racial segregation. We wouldn't allow interracial marriage. I mean, everything would go. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous test. Agreed. I don't think we should take it as seriously as I think some of us are, simply because a couple of justices on the court wrote that stuff in their opinion. I don't opinion. think it's serious or right, but I feel like we've extended the ridiculousness now with these cases. That's what I think this term, the theme of this term is how far can we mm -hmm. extend I think the ridiculousness right. of the decisions of the last term? Yeah, right. And it's not even so, you know, it's not even so much what the ultimate result is, but you know, how the Supreme Court goes about analyzing these issues and resolving these issues. What methods do they use? Don't come up with this brand new test suddenly, you know, in 2000 or 2020, whenever the hell they came up with it, that you have to look back to 1792 and see if there were any laws back there. I mean, you know, what about the fact that if society has an extremely important reason for doing so, shouldn't society be able to do that? That's typically been the test right on fundamental rights ever since the supreme court gave a damn about you know civil rights and civil liberties which you know beginning in 37 and then an awful lot during the 60s but that that's been the test not this you look back to see if there were any laws back then what where did that come from well it's part of this from, it's man? part of this originalism stuff you know you look at the second amendment and were there any restrictions that the framers of the second amendment uh, we're thinking about when they wrote this. And if there weren't any such restrictions, then they weren't thinking about those. Of course, the, the, of whole, course they weren't. the whole interpretation of the Second Amendment that the court's given, we know is a damn lie. I mean, the Second Amendment is a protection of states against the federal government. It, it doesn't have much to do with an individual right to bear arms. But that's the law anyway right now from the Supreme Court. And okay. then several state courts, when they get the cases back from the Supreme Court, say, we could come up with a standard. That's pretty easy. You know, did they redistrict in such a way to deny certain voters, you know, the power of their vote? You know, dilute the heck out of them. So here's That's my, a standard. Here's, here's what I'm seeing. Simple understanding of the law is that redistricting based upon political affiliation is perfectly constitutional. If you do it based upon race, it's not constitutional. That seems right. to be what the Supreme Court case law is so far. Yet, that's not enough. And that's not what the states are saying. The states, the states are... Supreme Courts are being much, much better about this than the Supreme Court. And there is no doubt in my mind, ultimately, the Supreme Court will embrace what many of these state courts are doing. Well, we've got a case coming up in a South Carolina case. Yeah. Alexander versus South Carolina. We have another case uh, from what, Mississippi or Alabama. Alabama, oh, Alabama. Alabama, yeah, because the Supreme Court said, yeah, Alabama, uh, 
give me a break. We know that you redistricted the way you did in order to dilute the black vote in Alabama. So the case went back. And what did Alabama do? They said, well, we know we did it, but just we'll change it a little. We'll tweak it a little later. But we have the same problem. We'll change it. We have the same problem. And then the lower court said, hey, look, Alabama, you know, that's contemptible what you did. We told you you couldn't dilute the black vote. And now we've got the so we've got the Alabama vote, which actually the Supreme Court actually kind of did the right thing. I'm going to say, yes, you're absolutely right. But if members of the Supreme Court, other than the three libs, say, look, give me a break. We know darn well that this partisan gerrymandering that's just a proxy for racial gerrymandering you know that you know this is going to be the result and you do it anyway yeah not even a but it's not even that it's a proxy it's that you could still accomplish what you want to accomplish by using the party affiliation but they said well that's not quite as good as the racial Right, but if they use the party affiliation, it's okay. in, right, in such a way that, for instance, it used to have two districts, majority black, we cracked them and packed them to make sure that there's only one because we think all the blacks vote for Democrats. I don't know. What's the difference between that and racial gerrymandering? Well, nothing. But can I, I'm sorry, just nothing. Ah, see, there we go. Yes, nothing. Good. Shed some light on this. I find this is so interesting, this whole discussion, because we spend so much time talking about how like, well, and I don't mean to be beating the dead horse here, but like, oh, there should be, there should be a division and a separation of powers. And yet, then there's going to have the judicial branch weighing in on legislative redistricting, legislative redistricting that results in the election of one party over another, who then subsequently make decisions that influence the judiciary. I mean, all of this is so clearly a web of interrelatedness that to suggest like, oh, we, you know, the judicial branch is absent of politics. is just horse feathers. Like it's ridiculous. And this whole thing, I mean, there's no, again, when we get back to the discussion related to ethics, like, well, what is, if we're not going to have the fox guarding the hen house, then what is the, the actual answer? And I don't have the answer and I don't have the answer here either. I don't know a better, you know, when we say, well, democracy is broken, but it's better than the alternative, which would be like socialism. Or, yeah, you know. but you know what the answer is, Liz? I think you do know what the answer is. The answer is the checks and balances that our founders set forth, right? They understood that people were political animals and that they needed to have those checks and balances. And when we get rid of those, then we have trouble. We I know, can't have any one of those entities on their own. Let's just be clear. There's such a chain here. Like the redistricting, legislative redistricting results in the election of the strength of the election of one party over another. At the state level, that that creates a bench for the congressional level. At the congressional level, that that subsequently con- creates a bench for the Senate. The Senate, which rides herd over the confirmations to the Supreme Court. And so arguably, you can follow a very clear and logical path of self-interest in legislative redistricting cases among one item of hope is supreme court's decision uh last year moore versus harper where there was this really extreme doctrine the independent legislature doctrine which was that state legislatures can redistrict any way they want 
and and they don't have to pay attention to the state courts or the state constitution. Okay. And the Supreme Court threw that out. Threw that out. And and actually that one was six to three because Roberts, Kavanaugh, and Barrett joined the liberals to say no. State courts can impose state constitutional and state legal requirements when you redistrict. And that's really, really important. And, and I got to say, these cases are so boring, but so important because... I don't think they're boring at all. Well, you don't. This is why I'm talking to you. Well, I'm a nerd, right? yeah. I'm just going to say, we need to keep an eye on it Yes. Because it's hugely important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's going to be some shifting of votes in these redistricting cases at the United States Supreme Court. Because they realize that for us to say, well, we can't do anything about it, just allows such extremely partisan gerrymandering. And then you say, well, uh, you know, this we did this purely because we're Republicans and we want Republicans to have more power. Well, we really didn't know that what this was going to do is dilute the heck out of the black vote. Oh, you know, give me a break, you know. I mean, I mean, even these guys up at the court, you know, even Gorsuch and Thomas and Alito, I mean, how much could they possibly swallow? So, all right, I, I want to move on, but the South Carolina case. A biggie, gonna, a biggie. Is that going to be upheld? Um, is that, is that going to pass muster? Did they already have oral arguments on that? Not yet. They didn't? Then, I don't what, think am, so. then what am I thinking of? I don't um, think the South Carolina case had arguments yeah, okay. yet. Um, Maybe the court below. What the court below do remind me? Did the court below say it was okay what South Carolina did? I don't think I don't it's remember. okay. No, it's not okay. Yeah. Well, that. Yeah. All right. You know, I want to talk about another boring case. What? Liz, I know you're going to be excited about this. This involves. Uh, <laughs> this involves fisheries. I know. Oh, that's know a huge one. You're a friend. That is a big one. It's a big one. That is a you're big a one. Friend it is. of all animals. I know, oh, yeah. Liz. So fish are are not animals. Fish are not fish. Fish are not animals. Fisheries. What are I mean, they? They Plants? are, but they're you know okay, whatever. They're amphibians. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and all right. Yeah. Go on. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Fisher. I'm riveted. The fish, have, the fish have feelings. Feelings, they do. I, I believe they do. But can we just? Can we just? I'm sorry. Can you just go on? So th this off? case, no, this is an this important is case. Like this is the most boring and most important case. It's not that boring. It's pretty boring. What's underlying so, the case is not boring. Again, it's going to be. I'm about already. I we haven't even talked for about for ten seconds. I'm already bored. But. Wait, whether an well, agency said anything yet. So whether an agency know, should have the power so, to so do what this agency this is, did. This is whether an agency can have the power to right. enact things without Congress saying you should enact this, That's right? Huge. And it's another question about how much power agencies should have. You know, and it's another excuse, I think, to whittle the power of administrative agencies clearly yeah. this is a huge really under the radar yeah, case that's right uh that if it's rejected if they say you know the agency can't say who should pay which personally i think quite honestly why should the fishermen have to pay for this quite honestly i don't agree with yeah. that but i also don't agree that the agencies 
regulations should be undercut. Right. Um, if this is undercut, the agencies have no teeth, zero teeth. They're like a fish without any teeth. Yeah. What? Uh, well. <laughs> well, according to Liz, they're not even animals, so who cares? All fish have teeth. Now, do we only <laughs> care about? We don't care about amphibians. Is that it? All fish have teeth. Wow. Who knew? Do we care? Do we care about fish? Liz? I think we do. Yeah. I, I. We do, and they all have teeth. Do they? They're our fish animals. Our fish animals. Hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, fish I'm are I'm going to say yes. They're not mammals, but they're, they're animals. They're aquatic vertebrate animals. Yes. Yeah. All, right. all right. There all you right. go. So, so with all due, I've okay. turned you. I mean, I, I would see, I see, I see this as Huge. the test case by which the anti-government types, the conservatives who don't like big government, utilize this as the camel's nose under the tent to then subsequently go to other agencies and say, oh, and you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do the other thing. So I like the camel. I like the camel part. Well, that's, that's... and we're all about animals here on, on <laughs> um, that is concerning. I agree. But my question is, so based on the precedent, I would imagine there would be subsequently it would touch off an avalanche of other lawsuits challenging other agencies. Oh, yeah. yes. There are. Yeah, that's the there are. That's the whole point. There are. Yeah. There's now this major questions doctrine, which basically says if the administrative agency is doing something that has a huge impact, that really ought to be done by the Congress and not by the agency, unless the Congress specifically gives them that particular power. That's what the court has been using. The major questions. Yeah. About. So, so, so Liz, and I, I mean, think there's merit. I think there is merit to that. I don't like what they've merit. done with it, but there's merit to it. If it's, it's a big merit, enough but question, it's crucially important. The people's representative ought to be right? doing so it. So Congress has oh, said. If the people's representative could get out of their, their damn way and do anything in particular, that would be mm -hmm. great. Then, in this case, for example, the uh, the fisheries service, the court may say, does have the authority to require that there be federal monitors, but you don't have the authority to say that you, the fishermen, have to pay for these monitors. If these conservative textualist justices really believed in this nonsense, they would have to undo uh, judicial review because it's not in the Constitution. It's not explicitly there. It's just not there. Well, yeah. as long as we get the votes. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and the justices, you know, are very jealous of their power. They're jealous of their power. Oh, we should stay away. We should stay. Away. Eh, yeah. Well, then that's the justices should run for Congress. Right. They should. They should run because they're acting as politicians, right? I'm okay with politicians being politicians, but judges should but not be these guys. more judicious. No, these guys. Liz, it's a terrible court. I, we've been we're we're, we're going on. back to the fish discussion because that yeah. was more interesting to me. You like the fish? Yeah. No, not the fisheries. The discussion about fish. Yeah. Just to be clear. Okay. Fish? Do they have teeth? Do they not have teeth? Do some of them walk on the land? Who knows? Do you still call them a fish if they do that? A fish out of water is still a fish. That's well, then it's an amphibian. Right. If you got a fish, right? But it could be on land and in water. That's an amphibian. Know. I'm surprised nobody is suited. Frogs. That's what a frog I, is. I was going to ask Liz if she had a case. <laughs> Do you have a case you I want to talk? Because I got case. one more. Who would I, I got sue? one more. 
I got Do you one have more any case. case. I got another case. Do I, I have a about. case? No, my job here is to provide levity. That's my gig. Here. Oh, all right. Do you have a what other? Well, Marbury versus Madison. Tell us what's Light more boring than that one. I can't wait. More, I, well, hold my beer. Oh, oh I got, David. I got a more boring one, but all, but quite honestly, almost as important. Consumer Financial yeah, Protection yeah. Bureau, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, oh, I lost geez. you at consumer, right? Oh. I mean, we, you were. You were yeah. But oh, that's the one that has been argued already. It's an independent. And, and the justices seemed very, very skeptical of the argument against the way the the Financial Protection Bureau uh, has been funded. Uh, I mean, no, they, they're skeptical about the challenge to that. Yeah, so yeah. right, so we get the CFPB. Yeah. But right? it is the Consumer Financial are, Protection Bureau. And they're Can we get to the punchline here? They're what, saying that they're, they're not funded by Congress, they're funded by the Federal Reserve. So if Congress didn't fund them, they're not valid uh is what they're saying so the consumer financial protection bureau which is an independent agency which right. protects consumers they're the the argument is they're not even valid and they shouldn't be funded right. because congress didn't say they should be funded they're funded by the federal reserve board right. and that's the issue are is anything that's not funded directly by congress valid Right. Right. I mean, that that that's the question in the case. Who funds and, the Fed? Well, I think that's the same. That's the same kind of thing. And that that was one of the questions that was. I asked send them like the 20 bucks a month just yeah. to do the right thing. But <laughs> well, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, remember, there are several members of the court that don't like it at all. So Period. the Federal Reserve is not funded by congressional appropriations. Its operations are financed primarily from the interest earned on the. Security that's right. Loans. Yeah. Yeah. So it is actually a truly independent entity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is not completely independent because their officers can be removed by, by, the, by the president for uh, political reasons. Uh, that was one of the things that the court had decided a few years ago, which really diluted the strength of the bureau. I mean, there are some members of the court that don't like this consumer protection bureau obviously because it gets in the way of their their friends making money i mean come on and they're trying to undercut it by saying you're not being properly funded that's right right that's and right. so you're i think this properly hugely sig okay, significant case it's a hugely just, significant you case tell because me how it's how many other entities fall under the same funding scheme as this many one? where is the where how many I don't know the number, but a lot. Um, it's a lot. I don't know. I don't. What is the danger here? The danger is that other entities subsequently get called in on the carpet, lose their capability of being fully independent. Oh, I yes. think if the if the court rules against the uh, Financial Protection Bureau, I think we're going to see more lawsuits to dilute the authority uh, and financing of a lot of these agencies. Yeah, I mean, they're, so they're not going to operate subset, without funding. It's a subset of the conversation we just had, which is yeah. a which is a diminishing of government authority. Yes, writ right. Large, right? Yes. We, we yeah. don't we don't like what this agency is doing, just like we don't like what the EPA is doing, just like we don't like what the IRS is doing. So we're going to cut their funding. Keep yeah. keep an eye on this case, because yep. if this one. Yep. But you're right. saying, Van, and this is somewhat 
medium comfort, you're saying this one's not going to carry the day. I don't, this yeah, is a, I don't think the challenge that far. this one's going to carry the day. This is a day. bridge too far because it's going to mess up how we you run know, our I, government. I, I have to say, I think the way you've actually wrapped up this current term, a bridge too far, I think that's exactly what's going on at the court now. Maybe They're thinking, you should ask are, for your article they, to be retitled. We should change going it. going too far? Well, no, my article was a look back. The only because some commentators were saying, oh, it's really not politically divided. I mean, I don't know. What the title of Finn's article was A Bridge Too Close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Vin actually, I'm going to memorialize this because Vin actually gave me a compliment. He said I actually no, it, wrapped it up. No, I perfectly. think you, I think you wrapped up the theme. Why? What I want to know, and I want to give why? Liz a chance just to rain on this parade here. No, actually, I was going to say I have this weird craving for sushi, and I'm not even because <laughs> of a fish case. The probably. fish case, the fish yeah. case has left me in a place where I'm thinking that some sushi would be good. Yeah, she's not. She's uh, not a carnivore. But fish are not animals, so she'll eat a fish. No, I eat. I eat meat. So I this eat. Supreme Court case, this Supreme Court session yeah super boring yeah, super important that's yeah. my oh, that's yeah. my view absolutely and next time on miranda warnings that's our tagline miranda warnings super important super boring i don't know there was nothing I, boring I think about you it nailed it i think you nailed it <laughs> i think you nailed it Liz. check back next time when we ask ben when our commentator vin says even <laughs> you think this you think this, this week was, was you think this week was boring wait till next week oh no it's gonna, it's be, gonna be even more it's gonna be because we're gonna be talking about new york court of appeals that's right Dude, next that month next month stuff. there is intrigue there like oh yeah no oh, idea. oh yeah oh my gosh stay so tuned good. stay oh, yeah. tuned love you both okay. this was awesome love you guys this Thank is you. gonna i think this is gonna be this is gonna go viral i'm pretty yeah. sure yeah uh, I hope it gets to uh, Thomas Gorsuch and Alito. I think yeah. this is going to change minds. <laughs> I think the law clerks are going to say, hey, Justice, wow. you know, you really need to listen to it's this A little podcast. less boring. Really needs to, this is going to make it. This is gonna make, is this Thank the, you, Liz. This is being recorded, right? My dog has made so many cameos in this. <laughs> Sushi tonight. Oh, yeah. Sushi tonight. This has been Miranda Warnings a New York State Bar Association podcast. You have the right to subscribe, rate, and review.